Good. So tonight we're going to be talking about that story we just read, which is really, you know, cheery, isn't it? Um, this is something about being scourged with scorpions. I've always wondered what that was. Um, we're going to talk a little about that, and then we're also, as we talk about this passage about Rehoboam and about being teachable or having a teachable spirit, we're also going to be referencing the Proverbs a couple of times. Uh, the verses will be on the screen, but if something comes to mind, it's always good to have your Bibles open in front of you. Uh, as a reminder, we are currently spending uh, sort of this whole fall season from September till Advent talking about one anothering which isn't really a word, but we've made it one. Um, we're talking about how we live life together, basically. How do we invest in one another? How do we grow together? Uh, and, and currently, we're doing a, a little bit of a, a fun thing. In the morning, we're talking about the Proverbs, and in the evening, we're taking Old Testament narratives or Old Testament stories that illustrate the points we're talking about. And tonight, we're talking about teachability or having a teachable spirit. How can we have a teachable spirit that we would grow together among brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll give you a little background on our story tonight. Um, if you haven't read Kings or followed the line of Israel's kings recently, um, Rehoboam was King David's grandson. The great King David, it was his grandson. Solomon was his father. And um, we've heard many stories about Solomon. Many people attribute um, many of the Proverbs to Solomon, to King David. You know, he was this wonderful king, a man after God's own heart. Solomon, Rehoboam's father, undertook many building projects in the nation of Israel and Judah. In fact, he's most known for building the temple, the famous temple uh, that would house the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments and, and uh, would be this, this pinnacle of Israel for so long. And so, here we have Rehoboam, Solomon's son. He's become king. It's his time to shine. It's his time to sort of make his imprint in his kingdom. It's his time to do something great. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Maybe it was the first time you had someone working for you. I remember the first time I ever got an intern. I felt so special. I was like, oh wow, I have this person. I could tell them to do anything, right? I can't let this go to my head. Um, you know, maybe it was your first job after college where you sort of showed up one day and you're sitting at your desk and you just think, I've made it, you know? Whatever it is, whenever you're first given power and authority of any kind, you're sort of ready and thinking, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to act? What am I going to say? What kind of person am I going to be? Maybe the first time you became a boss and you were running a meeting and you thought, what kind of boss am I going to be? And, and the great thing about all of this is, is we have the ability to choose. We have the ability to choose what we will say, how we will act, how we will treat people. For what purpose will I use this authority that's been given to me? And sure, sometimes we do better than others, right? Sometimes we succeed and, and, and sometimes we fail. Rehoboam did, did not make the right choice, uh, as we saw from the story. He chose to make things worse for the people, better for himself, but worse for the people. He chose to do things for himself, for his own glory. We saw that. In fact, if you continue to read, this begins what, would be, what is called the divided kingdom. This begins a separation of Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, that would eventually lead to their exile from Assyria and Babylon, and eventually the deterioration of the state of Israel. And so what I want to do is I want to look just a few little details here 
We'll talk about the Proverbs and then really talk about this idea of having a teachable spirit. So back in uh, the First Kings chapter 12, the first four verses uh, start out pretty good. They say, listen, you're the new king. You have the option here. Uh, your dad was really tough on us. But, but if you can lighten the load a little bit, if you can ease up a little bit from what your father did, we will serve you. We will serve you, you will be our king, we will be your people, and this will be a good deal. And then in verses 5, 6, and 7, Rehoboam actually does the right thing, right? He goes to the elders, to the men who served his dad. He says, hey, what do you think I should do? This is the right move. He, he, he was not a young man. Uh, best guesses are about, he was about 40 by the time he became king. So he'd lived enough life, he knows enough about what's going on to know that he should probably ask a little help. And that's good. It says in scriptures that he goes to the elders and asks them, hey, what should I do? And they respond, hey, if you lighten the load, if you make it easier than your father made it on these people, not only will they serve you, but they will always serve you. They'll become your people. This will be a good thing. The opportunity to be teachable, to listen to the wisdom around him. And what did he do? Well, as Christoph just read, he decided to talk to his young advisors. <laughs> he, decided to, he decided to talk to all of his friends who were really excited that their best friend had just become king and said, no, man, do what you want. You're the king. And my response to this passage is just sort of like, ugh. What is it about humanity that does this? You know, how often have we been excited about a leader, a politician, a something, someone, and we think maybe change is going to happen, or you read history, or you're reading a story, and we think, finally, maybe this will be the person. And there's something about us as human beings that just don't listen. We just don't want to listen. We just don't want to listen to the good advice. We want to do what we want to do. And when it comes to having a teachable spirit, this idea of learning from other people, this is tough for me. I, I confess, this is something that doesn't come easy to me. You know, many of us in church, we have certain things that when we talk about, we know, oh, I'll, I'll feel pretty good about that. I'm good at that, right? We're going to talk about love. Oh, I'm a nice person. Love is going to be a good topic for me today. I'll be really encouraged. Or, or maybe we're talking about prayer, and, and, and you think, oh, yeah, I love praying. Oh, this will be great. For me, this idea of being teachable is really difficult. It's something I've actually worked a lot on in my own life. It's something I've worked a lot on. Because you know what? I get Rehoboam. Like, hey, I'm king, you're not. Right? Like, I, don't, I don't really care what you think. I'm the king. So we're going to do this and that's how it's going to be. Right? For me, though, when I struggled with teachability and, and, and still in my mind, you know, think about this, it's not that I want power like Rehoboam. It's not that I want to tell people what to do. If I'm being totally honest with you all, the reason I sometimes struggle with teachability is because I just want to be left alone, right? Anyone else feel that way? Like, you don't want input from other people. You don't want people telling you what to do, how to live, how to do, just, just leave me alone. Just give me my space, right? And, 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 and it creates, honestly, it creates a bad attitude in me because I'm thinking, gosh, I know enough to get by, right? I know enough to, to, to just not screw up too much, so just leave me alone. Why am I like that? I, I mean, honestly, sometimes I sit and look at myself and think, why am I always so like that? I'm sure there's lots of reasons. Maybe it's my human nature. 
Maybe it's how I grew up. Um, Maybe it's both together, nature and nurture, I don't know. But you ever wonder these things? Do you ever think about your own struggles and wonder why you act the way you do? I think we all have, right? Think about why are you unteachable sometimes? Maybe it's how you were raised. You know, maybe, maybe you grew up in a, in a really encouraging home. Maybe you had great examples of authority and unity. And so when you got out into the world, you realized that no one else measured up to the standard you had set. And so you just sort of closed off to everyone. Maybe it's the complete opposite. Maybe you didn't have good authority growing up. Maybe you couldn't trust people. Maybe people hurt you. And so you built up walls and said, I'm not going to ever do that again. I'm not going to let someone hurt me. I'm not going to let someone take advantage of me. Maybe it's a mixture. Maybe you're you're really trusting and teachable at work because you know it's good for you and it's good for your profession. But then in your spiritual life, you say, no, 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 no. That's way too personal. I'm going to put up a wall here. You stay over there. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe in your spiritual life you think, oh, this is a safe place, I can be myself, but at work, in the world, I'm just not going to do it. Maybe you just want to be left alone. I don't know what it is, and I don't know where you're at with this whole idea of having a teachable spirit. But think about it. Where do you struggle with this? And just a little hint, if you don't know, or you think you have a teachable spirit all the time, um, Ask your boss, your coworkers, your best friend, or your spouse. They'll tell you. Ask the people who know you best, and they'll tell you where you don't listen. Um, please do me a favor and don't ask my wife. Um, she will tell you that I do struggle with this indeed. So what do we do about this? Um, when I look at Scripture, there's a lot. There's a lot it tells us. There's a lot of direction it gives, and the Proverbs is one of these. You know, the book of Proverbs is full of, is full of wisdoms, it's full of sayings, and I want to read some of them for us today. Um, you can follow along on the screen, we're going to jump around. We're going to start with Proverbs chapter 3. It says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. And then we're going to jump to Proverbs chapter 13. There's three or four verses in Proverbs chapter 13 that talk about this as well. Um, Proverbs 13, yeah, here on the screen. says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. And then finally, Proverbs chapter 12, and this is my new favorite proverb. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Isn't the Bible awesome? I love the Bible so much. Not only does Rehoboam want to scourge people with scorpions, still don't know what that looks like, But if we don't listen to correction, we're stupid. Church, if you remember nothing else tonight, remember this. Don't be stupid. Okay? Like, wisdom and being teachable first starts with the Lord. We just saw that in Proverbs 3. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. God loves us as a father, and he will discipline us and lead us on the way we should go. This is where it starts. I talked about this more in the morning service, but just know this. 
Church, there is a God. He delights in you as his child, and he wants us to accept his teachings, that we would hear his wisdom and gain a more fruitful life. And I believe that to be true. So we need to be teachable before God, and we need to daily go before God and seek out his wisdom and his direction. Now, that being said, there's another whole element of this that we're bad at, and that's with one another. (laughs) There's this whole complication about how we live with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Can we accept what they say? Can we accept when they have something to say to us? This is something God has actually really put on my heart recently, and I'm, I'm gonna talk about a few things that may make you a little uncomfortable. They make me uncomfortable, but I think that's because they're true. I think one of the callings of the church, and when I say the church, I don't mean IPC, I mean the worldwide church. I think one of the callings of the church in the near future, and especially in the next generation, our generation, is to learn a lot more from each other. If you look at the church around the world of the last 50, 100 years, it is insanely divided. Especially in the U.S. where I come from. I mean, you can go into my hometown or my wife's hometown and you could spend a different Sunday for an entire year at probably a different church looking for just the perfect church. We separate, we divide, we, we, we say, you're you, I'm me, we're just not going to interact. And I think, and I feel so called to this and have been so inspired by this, why aren't we learning more from each other? Why are we only surrounding ourselves with people like us? What if we were more teachable, especially here at our church, what if we were more teachable for our own cultural understandings or our cultural identities? Where we come from, how we grew up, the worship we grew up with to share these things and learn from one another. Do you realize how closed off we can be sometimes? How narrow our views can be? And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's because we think our our way is right, your way is wrong. Maybe we just don't care. But imagine if someone was so ignorant or arrogant that this is how they thought. If I stood up here and said, hey, Swiss people, you know, I've been to Mount Riggi, I've had fondue, um, You know, I I ride the trains, I do all of these things. I understand what it means to be Swiss. You know? If I went to my Indian friends and said, say, hey, I I saw this great movie called Slumdog Millionaire. (laughs) Right? You're an Indian friend, I understand you. I really love samosas and lamb vindaloo. I understand what it is to be Indian. If you came to me and said, hey, my American friend, I drove a pickup truck today. I went to New York City. I watch all your TV shows on Netflix. I get what it is to be American. Now, of course we don't do that, right? Well, some people might, and I'm sorry for them. But yet, church, this is what we're doing when we don't desire to learn from one another. When we don't seek out wisdom from one another and ask each other about our lives and our beliefs, what we're saying is that we just don't care. We might as well be this ignorant and make all these sweeping conclusions about one another unless we take the time to get to know one another and learn and be teachable with one another. Because being teachable to God and to one another is seeking understanding. It's desiring and wanting to know our sisters and brothers in Christ and to learn from each other. Because to not do so is stupid. Let's just do a a, a quick count. 
So we have Swiss, we have Americans, we have Germans. I know we have Canadians in here and, and Polish people in here. What other countries don't we are not represented here? Australia, what else? New Zealand, my Kiwi friend in the front row. What else? What other countries? Hungary, Hungary thank you. What else? Sorry? Singapore? Singapore? Malaysia. Malaysia, the Netherlands, that's 11. Romania. Romania. Chinese Hong Kong. Okay, so that's 14 countries. The Ukraine, there's 15. Nice even number. Wait, that's odd. So, 15 countries represented in this room. And each one of us within those 15 countries comes from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different families, different religions, or different like religion worship styles and churches. Think of all of the things we could learn about the goodness and richness of God if we took time to get to know and really learn from one another. Think of all of the things God could do in your own spiritual life to engage with a brother or sister in Christ from another country, from another background, from a different family, and say, how does God teach you to grow in depth with one another in teachability that we would learn from one another? How amazing would that be? As the proverb says in chapter 13, that there is a fountain of wisdom. There is a fountain of wisdom. How does a fountain work? It's not a pool. It's a fountain. It's ever flowing. It's always there. And God has surrounded us with one another, with Christians from around the world. That even though we sometimes are ignorant or even though sometimes we may not care or we just want to be left alone, that God has surrounded us with believers and brothers and sisters in Christ that are here to help teach us. We just don't ask. What keeps you, what keeps us from listening and learning from one another? The Bible calls us to honor one another, to submit to one another, to love one another. So why are we so bad at being teachable? Maybe it's pride. Maybe we think we have it all together. Maybe we think, you know, my way is the best way, and so I'm not going to worry about you. Maybe, like I said before, it's fear. Maybe you're afraid that if you're vulnerable with someone and you really share who you are, they're not going to listen or they might even reject you. I don't know what it is. Honestly, sometimes I wonder, especially from the United States, sometimes we just don't care about other people and their stories because of blatant bigotry or racism. You know, if we lie and say there's no racism in the church, we're pretty ignorant ourselves. It exists. We say we love God, but if we say those people really bother me, we say we love God, but if we don't care enough to ask our brothers and sisters in Christ about their faith journey and who they are, we're not only closing ourselves off to a child of God, but to God himself. We cannot have these attitudes in church. Like, it breaks my heart because we think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, that we think our tradition is best, that our theology is best. That my understanding of God is better than your understanding of God, so you should listen to me. And this bleeds into everything. We think our, our politics are right, your politics are wrong. Guys, God brings all of us together. And in this place, in this church, should be the place where we set the tone, not only in worship, but in all things of life. That we would learn from one another, that we would gain wisdom from one another. What how do we show the world the love of God by how we treat each other? Are we saying to God that we know better? 
that we figured it out, that we have all the tricks and all the answers? <laughs> have you figured out how to defeat sin? Have you figured out how to overcome these things that bring us down, our pride and our fear? I don't know where your teachability issue is, but I know that God doesn't desire it to remain. We cannot remain divided because once we stay divided, what comes from it? Hate and anger? Further, deeper separation. And so I just want to challenge you tonight as we go. You know, we all do this. We build up an ego, right? Maybe it's how we grew up, like I said. Maybe it's how the world has treated you since you've been an adult. I don't know. But our ego is like our sense of self, right? It's how we have grown and who we become. How we present ourselves to the world. We build up our ego to protect ourselves. We build up walls. We surround ourselves. I just want to encourage you. Don't surround yourself with people just like you. Don't surround yourself with people who believe the exact same way you do, who think the same way you do, who are clones of you. We need to learn from everyone. We need to learn from the wise. We need to learn from those different than us. You know, we've built up these things over time and we've, we, we've sectioned ourselves off behind these walls, afraid of what might happen if we leave those walls. We build these things up, but you know what Christ says? Christ says that these egos we've built up need to die. This is why he told Nicodemus that he must be born again. Because all of the things he counted on, all of his religiosity and rules and, and who he defined himself as needed to die, that he could be reborn in Christ. That we could let our egos die and our fears and our pride die, that we can reconstruct who we are through Christ and through his body as brothers and sisters. Church, I joke and say, don't be stupid. <laughs> don't be like Rehoboam. But remember that we are not just individuals. We are one body. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And because Jesus Christ in the garden submitted himself to the Roman authorities, the next day on the cross submitted himself in death, because he listened to his father and went to death for us, Jesus Christ, the ultimate teacher, remained teachable all the way until the end so that we might learn what love really is. So, church, are you willing to listen to others? Do you care enough about brothers and sisters to learn their story and their wisdom? Church, we need to want to learn from one another. We need to want to share our life with one another. We need to say what I have is incomplete. My knowledge and my wisdom is incomplete. Teach me. So I ask you tonight, we're going to have a couple of songs and singing and responding. We're going to have the opportunity to think through these things. I would challenge you to think about this, not just tonight, but as you go about your days and weeks. Do you have a teachable spirit? And are you teachable with one another? Let it start before God. Maybe you need to reconnect with God and, and reconnect with his word and what he's teaching you, but then it goes out to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you teachable with one another and do you have people in your life that you desire to learn from, that you care about so much that you want to learn who God has made them to be, that you would have a fuller understanding of his love and his grace? So let it start before God and then let it move on to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
God, I confess that I am so, so incomplete. Lord, I often have a bad attitude. I often do not listen. I often don't want to listen. God, I confess that I want to be left alone rather than engage with people sometimes. And I confess that sometimes I feel I have all the answers. And yet, Lord, you love me. Like a father delights in his child, you delight in me. And so, God, for all of us here, I pray that we would remember that first. We would remember your love, that you delight in us, and that that would be the thing that motivates us to care about our brothers and sisters in Christ, to learn from one another, to gain wisdom from one another, to understand more of who you are and how you work in this world. Lord, this is a difficult world. It is a dark world full of sin and doubt. And yet, Lord, you have given us a great cloud of witnesses that we would build one another up, spur each other on, and grow together. God, give us a teachable spirit. Break us down so that you might build us up. Lord, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.